Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app or on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, the whole lot of them. So check us out wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Also, you can get us on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every day at 7 p.m. Eastern. My new show on OnSideRadio.com resumes on Monday. We'll obviously cover the Dolphins' miracle win, which only occurred because I decided to leave my apartment for roughly a minute and a half. And then, of course, we know the crazy ending that ensued. So check that out on onsideradio.com. We will get into all the Dolphin stuff. Also, 5reasonsports.com, F-I-V-E, reasonsports.com for all your latest South Florida sports content with no paywall. Also, check out the great sponsors of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Had some fun playing with this one here over the weekend. Again, that's my bookie. You can find them at mybookie.com. Dot AG. Every sports fan knows it's not about how you start the season. It's about how you finish. And my bookie 2020 finishes strong with NFL, college football, and of course, the return of NBA action. Sign up today to receive a halfway deposit match up to a thousand bucks. And while you're at it, ring in the holidays with six days of giveaways. You heard it here first from December 21st to 26th. My bookies hooking players up with free bets, casino chips, and blackjack tournaments with huge cash prizes, and it's all week long. To get in on the action, it's simple. Sign up, make your first deposit, and enter the promo code five on the floor. That's five on the floor, F-I-V-E on the floor to claim your bonus and start taking advantage of the holiday freebies. This holiday season, bet with the best, bet with mybookie.ag. And now today's episode. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reason Sports Network. All right, welcome back on Five on the Floor. Here is today's floor plan. I've got Alex Toledo with me. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. We're going to get into Precious Atua, but not just what he's shown so far. We'll start there, but kind of what it could mean for this franchise going forward if indeed the Heat found another gem, this one at number 20. Oddly enough, after every team in the league was talking about needing a BAM prototype, and then they allowed the sort of closest thing to BAM, although there are some differences, but certainly the closest thing we've seen come to the league in a while, drop all the way down to the Heat at number 20, where essentially they get a BAM 2.0. Let's start here, Alex. Uh, Precious Atchua now has played in both games. He's shooting 73% from the floor. He's got per 36-minute numbers, obviously tiny sample size, but of 20 points and seven rebounds. Um, he's got a positive net rating in the area of about 25, which is, again, small sample size, but a pretty ludicrous number. What You and I both saw him in person that you did in the preseason game, but I got my first chance in the regular season game on Easter, uh, the, the, um, excuse me, Easter, on, on Christmas, uh, the home opener. What did, what did you, um, I mean, what did you like the best? To me, Precious is just, uh, I'm impressed with the way he's kind of all over the place. And that's something I've said about Bam in the past. So it is kind of, you know, to go along with that theme of him being kind of a Bam clone. I, I haven't really been... Uh, you know, repeating the idea that he might be BAM 2.0 just because it seems like a lot of the the kind of the college basketball guys were down on him as a playmaker and passer. And, and that's obviously BAM is one of the best passing bigs in the league. But other than that, he kind of brings everything else that that BAM brings. When you talk about a big that can be a rim protector, be a good rebounder, uh, be all over the place on defense and be a screen and roll guy on offense, like you just make it easy for him. And that's kind of the role that they've placed him in as a backup big. And 
you see him thriving next to Goran Dragic. And when, you know, with Kelly Olenek as a spacing big, like it just makes a lot of sense for him. I think they've kind of put him into this really clean role for him. And he's doing a great job at it. Like he just puts in so much effort. And like, uh, like I remember uh, my reaction when I first saw him running down that floor in, in that one play that he had. Mm. And it's just like, oh my God. Okay, Bam can't do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, Bam no, can't he, run that fast. Like, so he's got some things about him, especially with his motor, where it's just like, oh, he stands out. Like, this guy's gonna be a productive guy. Well, I, I, again, beyond just the motor, and you mentioned kind of the the way he runs, which I mean, he runs like an athlete. Okay, not not like a big. He runs like an athlete. But beyond that, the other thing that really stuck out to me seeing him in person, again, are the hands. I mean, he adjusted to three or four passes that probably he should not have been able to come up with. And he did. And it's such a, I mean, again, when you go back through the heat organization and you look, and again, no offense to the warden, we all love the warden, but you remember Joel Anthony's hands, you couldn't throw anything inside. Um, and even at times, you know, Whiteside was so lazy going for passes that, you know, he wasn't strong. And sometimes Bam is, is not as strong as he should be in terms of getting to, you know, he, he goes for every loose ball, but I'm talking about in terms of passes coming into him, he, he will occasionally, uh, not fumble them, but get them stripped or not be strong enough with his hands. Precious, that seems to be one of his real attributes. And again, when you're talking about a lob threat, all he's really got to do right now is run to the rim. He's got this connection with Dragic. And I said before, like there's eight easy points for him per game. I mean, probably. And again, if he could become a better free throw shooter, because I know he's about 60% in college. You and I talked about it in the game the other day. He doesn't, he, his stroke looks fine, but he doesn't look totally comfortable, but he can have an easy eight points you know, mm -hmm. four or five rebounds per game. And we've seen historically going way, way back that having that energy big off the bench on a contending team is so critical. I mean, I go all the way back to like the Sally Rodman days. I know this is before your time, Alex, but like with the old Pistons, but they came in as rookies together. Right. And, mm -hmm. I, and they, and they added to this team that already had, you know, a core of, you know, Dumars and Isaiah Thomas and Vinnie Johnson and, and, and Mahorn and, and Lambeer, but they added these two like sort of igniters off the bench. And I think that's how Spolstra sort of sees precious. I guess the next question, well, I think he's part of the rotation going forward for the whole year. I mean, I don't think that's going to change. I guess we talk about role here and you mentioned playing with Olenek. He played a lot of single big five, um, uh, you know, uh, Precious did coming in directly for Bam without Olenek and, and Iguodala playing next to him. Like, how do you think they can use him? I think you, you nailed it. I think they can use him however they want to. And I think that's kind of the key to all of this. You know, we talked about during the offseason, the Heat may be going after, you know, a veteran big who can kind of do the stuff they need. So, that, so they can kind of have an extra big on the floor when, when especially specifically when Bam isn't there. You saw in the you know, in the finals that I think it was game one that Bam got those two quick fouls and it was just kind of over from there as far as the Heat's defense. And I think that's something that maybe they wanted to address with uh, with this pick. And it, it kind of shows when he's on the floor. Like, I think it doesn't matter who you put him next to because I, I like you already know where I feel about Iguodala. I think he's a four. I think Kelly Olenek is the five when he plays next to Precious. But it doesn't matter because he can play whichever one on defense. And a lot of times he's there at the rim or, you know, he's there switching on to guys. And to me, like, it doesn't necessarily matter who you play him next to. I think you can play him next to all different types of lineups. And that's part of the, the appeal with him. To me, it just makes so much sense what they have going on with, you know, Kelly as the big next to him or another four and Goron off the bench. Like, I, I think it's so easy for him to give Goron a, a, a big who really wants to screen and roll and, and, and do it really well and who moves like the, st 
the foot speed stuff matters in the pick and roll too because it's like it's mm -hmm. hard for a big to to drop back and contain the guard and contain precious and goron is really good at pick and roll and that's like his whole specialty so it's just to me a ridiculous thing to be able to you know bring off of your bench especially when you're giving goron shooters around him and a spacing big to that that pops at the same time that precious rolls again with the whole you know theme that Spo is always going to have good lineups out there. I think he's just kind of strengthened that even more. And to be honest, it seems like he's kind of doing a good job uh, putting a Band-Aid on that weakness that I was talking about earlier as far as when Bam comes off the floor and needing another big. Yeah, and Precious played down the stretch of the last game. I mean, you know, I know it looked like Bam tweaked his shoulder, but uh, I don't think that was the only reason he didn't come back in the game. But I think the thing we're going to see going forward and, and, you know, we talked last year about hero ascending to a starter and when that happened and how that was the next step for this team. And Tyler here is somebody we probably will get into a little bit more tomorrow. We preview the bucks uh, for a couple of games, but obviously hero has a lot of history with the bucks had big games against the bucks, but we're going to talk about sort of heroes role and whether or not, you know, this whole starting thing is going to work long-term, but getting back to precious, I, I, I think that the next evolution for this team will be when bam and precious, can play together. And, you know, I asked Riley about that at his conference call, you know, right before the season. And, and basically he said, yeah, we, we think they can, but I don't think they're going to force it. At what point do you think it's going to make sense for longer than say a couple of possessions where they just need two like hyper, hyper active interior defenders there. When do you think it actually becomes a thing? And that's, that's a really interesting thing to be looking at. I'm honestly not sure because it seems that's the type of thing that Spo would go to in the playoffs. Like, it's kind of like a, you know, a, something up his sleeve that he hasn't tried all season. But I don't know, because like I said, I, I want to say on the stream, if you put multiple shooters next to Bam and Precious, like, I think you could definitely make those lineups work. I, I, I've said before that I don't think it's clean right now because I don't think Precious can shoot as well as he needs to to play next to Bam. But I don't think that's something that, you know, can hold them back from playing together for stints throughout a game and, you know, to kind of try that out. And I think it is worth trying out to see, uh, you know, if those two guys can play together. But to be honest, I'm kind of down on it a little bit for this season until proven otherwise that Precious, that he, you know, he's got his shot going. So I think, uh, you know, we, we might see it a couple times, a few times throughout the season, but I wouldn't expect that to be uh, a big part of the rotation. All right, final thing here on Precious, and then we're going to get into more rotation talk in the second half of this episode. Uh, how does this change things long term? For them and obviously we'll, we'll have greg on to talk about this a little bit more but if they found like their next it guy okay i mean somebody who's going to be a core part of the rotation but then eventually perhaps even be a starter next to bam it seems to me like some of this again i precious to some has been talked about as somebody who would be included in a trade although we don't believe that he'd have actually done that um and he couldn't be traded until after christmas anyway because of league rules but if they have another like core young piece, how does this change kind of what they're looking for going forward? Because I mean, Giannis is out of the picture now, but maybe they don't need another elite, you know, front court player next to bam. If they have somebody who eventually may be able to develop into that. And then it becomes again, kind of looking, okay, is it the two guard position that we're eventually going to have to upgrade here? If we don't think hero is going to end up being a star. That's actually a pretty good point. And, I think that may be a reason why they ended up going with a big in this draft. Like now just thinking about it as, as you were talking through that, like it makes sense that I think go with a the big there rather than a guard to develop as a playmaking shot creator, which is the type of guys that, you know, have been rumored around the heat. And 
it makes sense for the Heat to kind of a to kind of go for a star shooting guard or star wing or point guard with that if they want to rather than going after a big. So I think that's kind of an interesting point. And to me, and and what you're saying too is yeah, like that's kind of why it's important to see Precious and Bam together at least sometimes just to see it on the floor and to why I would I would want to see how Precious's jumper looks with or without Bam just to see how that looks. But yeah, I think it's a good point because if you've got a guy there, like you said, who you can play with or without Bam, who you think is a gem as well and who really solves some weaknesses for you, then yeah, maybe you shouldn't, you know, allocate so many resources to getting somebody else there, kind of like we talked about. So I think Precious turning out to be a valuable player and somebody who can play with or without Bam Mm -hmm. probably makes it a lot easier to build around this team. Yeah, I would think because, I mean, then you don't have to get desperate to go into the front court, but also, you know, the Harden stuff is still out there. We're not devoting whole episodes to this until there's a little bit more movement. Obviously, he looked okay the other day. So right. we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we, he looked all right. So we'll, we'll talk about it more going forward, I'm sure. But again, if you're going to get a guy like that, you're going to have to give up someone like, again, Precious or KZ or both, although I know that they wouldn't want to do that. And from what we see so far, and this is not long-term, but KZ got the work in the preseason games, but hasn't gotten him in the first couple of regular season games. And it seems like at least for now, Precious is more kind of plug and play where they still see KZ as more of a developmental project. And again, it doesn't mean he's not going to be better long-term, but remember Precious is first round pick. KZ was the second round pick, even though the heat gave up, uh, three picks to get him. And so, you know, there is obviously when you draft a guy in the second round, there's going to be some developmental time there. All right. When we come back, we're going to get into the rotation, what it looks like. I thought Brady Hawk had an interesting article on five reasonsports.com, but first a word from manscaped. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. Before we do I want to tell you about another, of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network, you know, Knicks are no good in the NBA. You're familiar with that. The Knicks are no good. Well, Knicks are no good when you're shaving certain parts of your body either. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. I never thought I would actually say that on a podcast and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean, premium, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Make sure you trim yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. And now this is where I end my career. Your balls will thank you. And now back to the episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Use the code 5RSN. Also, Manscaped has a new cologne. We're going to be talking about that here over the next couple of weeks. And thanks to Manscaped and our other sponsors who've renewed for 2021. All right, let's get to the rotation here quickly, Alex. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. But, uh, you know, Eric Spolstra at times over the course of his coaching career has liked to get to a set rotation. I always talk about the 12-13 season where you knew who it was every game. And I believe that had a big, that was a big factor in the heat going on that winning streak 
because not only did they have great players and obviously they had Dwayne healthy for most of it. He, he played, I think 25 of the 27 games and Mike Miller started two in his place, but they also had, you know, a lot of continuity from game to game. People knew on the team knew their roles. Again, it was Haslam uh, in the starting lineup with, with the big three and Mario Chalmers. And then every game we were bringing, you know, it was like clockwork. Okay. And the order was the same most games too, but it always ended up getting to Ray Allen, Chris Anderson, uh, Shane Batty and Norris Cole. It was those four every game. They rolled nine. Spolster's rolling 10 or nine in these games. He's had to go to 10 because of injury uh, when Jimmy went out and he brought Harkless in, in the second game, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be the same nine all the time. Do you expect this to be in and out of starting lineup for Myers, Leonard, Mo Harkless, maybe Akpala, maybe Precious, maybe Olenek going forward? Maybe Avery Bradley. <laughs> Maybe Avery Bradley, right? It doesn't appear to be Kendrick Nunn, right? That's the thing. I, I'm not sure. And I think that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this because, like you said, Spo has definitely, you know, leaned towards kind of a set rotation in the past. And like you said, as the year goes on, it goes down to eight or nine. And right now they've got, what, 11, 12 guys they want to play. And it feels like we said that at different points throughout the past couple of seasons. But we're seeing it right from the start here. And also they have championship expectations this time. And uh, They've been inside, you know, in, internally, but now it's just obvious that they're a contender. So I think it's kind of something that's interesting to talk about because we saw in the first game, uh, Mo Harkless started. Kedrick Nunn came off the bench as the, the, you know, the second guard next to Goron. And in the second game, it was Myers starting, you know, to match up versus Steven Adams and Zion. And then you had Avery Bradley coming off the bench and Kendrick Nunn didn't play. And like you said, uh, Mo Harkless didn't play up until Jimmy got hurt and they needed another body which doesn't bode well for Casey Akpala because he's already behind Harkless. So if Harkless isn't playing, that's not a great sign. But again, right. it doesn't seem like any of this is set. So I think that's kind of where I'm a little bit confused about it. And we talked about in the past, you know, Spell having a deep roster is good to just kind of solve problems however you want to, especially if guys are kind of similar level players and, and everybody's bought in. And like, I, I think that's kind of what he did in that second game versus the Pelicans. He did a matchup thing and then kind of went deep when he had to. And I don't know if that's just how it's going to be all season. And I don't know how many times we're going to actually see that. Because like I said, I don't know. Zion, Steven Adams, front court is kind of a unique one. Mm -hmm. But I just think for, you know, bigger teams that have two bigs on the floor, they might be doing that more often. So well, maybe Milwaukee we just see two different rotations. Well, as we talk about Milwaukee tomorrow, I mean, obviously they're playing Giannis at the four. So that's a good point. Uh, so they're, they're going to be a big team. I think they're going to be teams that are, you know, clearly like New Orleans, you play the extra big. And they're going to be teams that you can go small against. And then they're going to be teams that Spolster is going to have the option of going either way. I think the one thing that we've seen, though, is that the core four on the bench, at least for now, and he likes to get to a core group on the bench, too. Sometimes, again, he'll sub out players in the starting lineup. He used to pluck James Jones out from like the 12th spot to go into the starting lineup for Dwayne because he didn't want to mess with the rotation. But it does look like the core four off the bench right now are going to be Dragic, Precious, Avery Bradley. And I know I say that after one game, but it works so well, it's hard to see him going away from it. And Andre Iguodala. And those are going to be the four. And then it's kind of like, do Myers, does Myers play? Does Kelly play? Does Harkless play is sort of based on the game. KZ becomes the wild card it's and none becomes play. the other wild card, right? That's a lot of wild cards. I know, but 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 we're gonna be like talking way about more that. In the past few years. It feels like yeah. this is gonna be a theme throughout the whole season because like maybe this is a way to kind of make everybody happy. Whereas like, okay, you got 12 guys who should be playing more or less. And maybe if you got, <laughs> but, it, but it's a balancing act though, Alex, it, it exactly. is a way, it is a way to make everybody happy. But one of the things now it's a younger team, so it's a little different, but one of the things that the veteran guys on the big three teams, 
you know, the Mike Millers, the James Joneses of the world, the Rashard Lewis's, they were frustrated at times because, you know, they felt like they, there was not consistency sometimes in whether they were playing or not. And they found it hard to kind of plug themselves in when they did, they were professionals, they did it. Um, but, and they were trusted to do it in part because they were professionals. And so it, it worked where you could bring James Jones off the bench and he could have 22 for you in a random moment. But they always talk to me about how they wanted to know their roles more. And so it is a balance between kind of keeping 12 guys happy by giving them some playoff playing time. But if you're playing guys that other guys on the team think you shouldn't be playing, right, and just to kind of placate them, I'm not saying they're going to placate, that that's what he's doing, but just to expand the bench, mm-hmm. that can create issues. It can also, you know, create issues where guys don't know whether they're in or not going into a given night. Maybe they don't prepare the right way. So it is a balance. It's a balance and it's a balance. He's going to have to kind of fight all year. All right. So thank you for uh, following us today and checking out our sponsors. Again, go to mybookie.ag, use the code five on the floor, go to manscaped.com, use the code five RSN. Alex and myself and likely Greg will be back to preview the back-to-back against the Bucks. I think Alex and I will be out there this week. Thanks for joining us on five on the floor. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.